The British Courts of Justice. Today in the criminal courts, the case of the Crown against Dermot Stavaker came to an end. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the defendant was found standing by the exploded safe with the money in his hands. Mr. Stavaker was wearing a striped jersey, a black mask, and holding between his teeth a bag marked swag. <laughs> in case the Crown now rests, Millard. Cool, blimey, it's your fair cut, mate. Exactly, Millard, that is my contention. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> in a civil Judge, court today, I should have just as well was summing up in a divorce action. Oh, the plaintiff, Mrs. Cheriscottle, has told us of her husband's alleged cruelty. It appears, and there's been no evidence to the contrary, that Mr. Cheriscottle, on returning from a hard day at the office, carelessly got into the habit of beating his wife around the head with a hummingbird sprinkler. <laughs> We are told that there is no question of there being another woman in the case. And I'm not surprised. You're ugly, Mr. Jaskettle. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Not my sort at all. <laughs> so, unless there's any other evidence, I'd like to dismiss the case. Excuse me, my lad. Yes, Mr. Goldstein? There is one further piece of evidence. Yes? The defendant is in the habit of forcing, I'm sorry, I'll read that again, upon my client. I'm sorry, I'll read that again? Is that some sort of medieval torture machine used to extract groans of pain from the victim? So it has been described, <laughs> And so, Milad, I would like to submit as Exhibit A the alleged wireless program, I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Uh, certainly, Mr. Goldstein. <laughs> again, the Angus Prune tune brings to the microphone the spine-curdling voices of Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, and standing in for Joe Kendall, who is unwell, the lovely Jean Hart, and the hideous Bill Oddie. <laughs> Sounds gruesome. It is, my lad, but there's worse to follow. And here's the voice of the most tortured of them all. John Otto, I prefer thumbscrews, Cleese, to say... Oh, no! It's I'm sorry, I'll read that again! Again! During the summer, many nasty foreigners, um, sorry, welcome visitors to our shores, uh, enjoy what we have to offer. And you may wonder what we have to offer. But you'd be surprised how gullible, uh, sorry, stupid, no, delighted, delighted they are with anything we offer them. What can we offer? <laughs> yeah. Yes, and what else? Quickly, 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 everybody. The next tour will be starting in about a minute. For the last time, a tour of Britain, 25 guineas. 25 guineas? That's very good, isn't it, Elmer? Yes, dear. Well, how long does it last? It's a tour of the entire British Isles at your leisure, madam, lasting four minutes. <laughs> Excusing me. Honorable tour. On the last four minutes. What shall we see? All inclusive. Uh, Scotland, Wales, Oxford and Cambridge, Shakespeare Country, Windsor Castle and Swinging London. Hurry up! Lucky I brought my Japanese high-speed camera. Right, right, right. Off we go. And here we are. But we haven't moved, have we, Elmer? No, dear. So here we are on the very spot where Drake finished his game of bowls before the Armada arrived. Well, isn't that something? And uh, here Shakespeare first had his idea for writing the play Bodicea. But Shakespeare... He never wrote a play called Bodicea. Exactly. 
a few seconds later, he realized it was a very bad idea. <laughs> and decided to drown his sorrows in our next item on our tour, which is a genuine English pub. Oh, look, there it's called the Windsor Castle. And it's also our visit to Windsor Castle. And here's a glass of scotch for all of you on the counter. Drink it quick. <laughs> you are now in Scotland. I know that the man behind the bar is wearing a skirt, or as the Scots call it, a kilt. What do you mean, a man behind a bar? I'll smash your face in. Shh, Doris, I'll explain it all later. <laughs> I know to Ireland, and we're better to see the Irish in their own surroundings than in the public bar. Oh, Evening, Paddy. That's why he's called Paddy the Pope. <laughs> he's, a great, he's a great friend of Paddy O'Neill's. All right, um, everybody out. Out, 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 everybody out. And now here we are in Wales. On your right is a reservoir, which is not unlike Lake Windermere, so we won't bore you with a trip to the lakes. Now, over here, you can see the famous changing of the guard, uh, Buckingham Palace, Tower of London, and Portobello Road. If you need any more postcards, you'll need more money. And that ends our talk. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on here, then? I'm a policeman, and I'm truly wonderful. May I direct you to anywhere, madam? Yes, please. Right, on this very spot, Queen Elizabeth once slept here. But that's the pavement. Yes, Queen Elizabeth once slept here on a banana skin. Let me see. Goodbye, goodbye. If I can get a word in, that finally ends this tour. In 15 minutes' time, there'll be another tour at a cost of £75, lasting six minutes. And what will we see? The world, madam! <laughs> Darling. Yes? Darling, there's something I want to ask you. Heaven knows I've wanted to ask it for long enough now, but what with everything, you know what I mean, I... What I'm trying to say is, will you marry me, Susan? I mean, Mary. John! Oh, John, I never expected this. I know, but... Oh, Mary, I have a lovely little house in the country with roses and the garden and a boat on the river. And when we're married, you can come out and visit me every other weekend. <laughs> Look, I brought you a ring. Oh! unusual. Yeah, let me put it on. No, better still, you wear it. <laughs> it squirts ink. But, John, you know I can't get engaged. Why not? I'm already married. What? What? Who are you married to? You, dear. When did we get married? Yesterday. Oh, yes, I forgot. <laughs> you forgot? I should never have said I do. I should have listened to Mother. Why? She was in the middle of a very funny joke. <laughs> and as for our honeymoon, Blackpool. But lots of people have a honeymoon in Blackpool. Yes, but they usually stay overnight. And I wouldn't have minded so much if you'd come with me. Well, I had things to do. What things? I had to feed my moles. Moles! <laughs> Nasty, evil little creatures. No, they're not. They're kind and thoughtful and very faithful. What would happen if a burglar broke in? You'd be thankful for the moles then. Why? Well, in the darkness, he might mistake them for policemen. <laughs> There were lots of very small policemen crawling around on all fours. <laughs> That's why I'm training them to say, hello, hello, what's all this there? John, moles can't speak. Ah, but the burglar wouldn't know that. Burglars don't know anything. Burglars are ignorant and silly and stupid. How do you know? Well, anyone that can mistake a mole for a very small policeman must be stupid. John, I wouldn't mind a few moles around the house. It's just that there are so many of them. We've got wall-to-wall moles in all the rooms and the cupboards are full of them. And how do you expect me to sleep in a bed full of moles? Very badly. And another thing. Who's the 
That's Big Fat Nettie. Well, why is she there? What, it's cheaper than buying a stair carpet. John, I can't stand it much longer. I can't go on living in this awful place full of fat women and moles and water buffalo. Water buffalo? Yes. A wedding present from your mother, remember? Oh, yes. Nineteen of them. I can't get into the bathroom for them. And they sit there all day splashing about, and I have to keep running around to bring them clean towels. <laughs> no good, John. I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. I mean, a fool. I thought this was what you wanted. Of course, I see now that I was wrong. Dreadfully wrong. Let me take you away from all this, away to some far-off place. Canada, perhaps. I've always wanted to see Canada. Somewhere where we can start afresh, where we can begin life anew, together. Oh, John, do you really mean it? Of course I do. Then let's go now, straight away. Yes, darling, we'll leave at once. Just as soon as I pack my moles. Nelly, get the buffaloes, we're moving. <laughs> time, even David Hatch was young and innocent. We were all young once. Tim Brooke Taylor was young once. He was never innocent, but he was young. John Cleese was young twice. But we all have to grow up, and that's Bill Oddie's particular problem. Nevertheless, before we do, let's just remind ourselves of those carefree years of playpens and harnesses by joining again those three talking babies outside the supermarket. Morning, Rupert. Morning, Hugh. You look very smug. What's up? I've been filming. I made a commercial for egg and spaghetti custard. Mm. <laughs> How'd it go? Rotten. I was sacked for puking. <laughs> Were you paid? Well, I'm getting royalties. 250 tins of the muck a year. My mother's stupid, you see. She got the same contract with a nappy firm. They'll still be supplying me when I'm 50. <laughs> oh, rubber dummies. Here comes Cyril's old bag. Mummy will just go and get some goodies for Ding Dings and then take Silly Willy back to Bye Bye. Welty, welty, happy, happy. That woman's got to go. Morning, Sarah. What's the trouble? Just bewailing my lost youth. But you're only one. Yes. But in 49 years, I shall be 50. <laughs> Imagine, I'm nearly 50. Then it, it's but a step till I'm 103. And then I won't be able to walk. But you can't walk now. Yes, but... When I'm old, I won't even be able to crawl along the mantelpiece and be sick in the clock. I don't see why not. My grandfather does. <laughs> oh, come on, cheer up. Would you like some milk from my bottle? No, no, thanks. I'm trying to give it up. I've got three chins already. However many will I have when I'm 50? You shouldn't eat so much. It's my only vice. I don't smoke, I don't drink, and I can't. <laughs> Cyril, let's give a test three. Well, what's the game, children? Can you see a mook out there? She is so When you're trying to find relaxation Then if you'll only listen to me Well, I will tell you my remedy Oh, yes, it's better than counting sheep It's guaranteed to send you to sleep They call it cricket, cricket 
Well, I was almost glad when the rain came, I sat on the bench and I fell asleep. It was all so quiet, I slept for a week. And when I woke up, I found that they had been playing for several days. Makes no difference, cricket, cricket. of pistol-cracking, finger-snapping, leather-crackling, thigh-slapping looks at life. And tonight we look at the last outpost of the old frontier. The BBC. <laughs> we present the magnificent Six and a Half in a saga starring the lone stranger called Go West, Old Man, or Get Off the Gas Stove, Granny. You're too old to be riding the rain. <laughs> Here is romance. Here's William Tell. No, we've done him. Here are Henry's tales of the old string west and the lone stranger, not forgetting his horse silver. Damn, I've forgotten the horse silver. <laughs> My horse silver. I must go to town, but where am I? I'll ask this Indian scout. Dib, 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 boom. Ah, who are you? Me, running bear. I can see that. <laughs> no. You're an Indian, aren't you? You're very red. So would you be, running about like that. <laughs> Could you direct me to the nearest town? Ah, meum, tell em, you em. Take em first em, turn in on em right. Then heap big em journey to em town em. Why do you keep saying em? Script badly typed. <laughs> You're right. Mm, hi-ho, mm, silver. <laughs> and so the lone stranger hit the trail. Not a trail. <laughs> and rode off across the desert. The sun was merciless. <laughs> and after an hour, the lone stranger's horse went lame. Nee, 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 nee. <laughs> and they staggered on wearily, the circling vultures flew down and sat on the cactus. <laughs> but by sundown, they'd reached Wolf Cub City. And the lone stranger, his revolvers flashing in the twilight. Oh. Into town, intent on proving himself the mightiest gunfighter in the West. Can I have two bullets, please? Who are you? I'm the handsome stranger that's come to town. I'm stranger than most people. Yeah, do you always ride alone? No, sometimes have a horse. You'd better get out of town fast, stranger. But who are you? I'm Rosie Galeforce, and I run the Crazy Horse Saloon. Well, I must admit, I'm a mite dry. Then you might dry my place. <laughs> Look, we realize that to you swinging middle-class mods, that may seem less than hilarious, but we might point out to you that in Wolf Club City in 1890, it was very original, and that could be a hang for not laughing at you. <laughs> And times haven't changed that much! <laughs> and so they passed the evening drinking and gambling and gambling and drinking until at length, as cowboys do, they gathered round the fire and started swapping yarn. We you swap a bit of red yarn for a bit of blue? <laughs> 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 I wish I were dead, too. <laughs> uh, it's a mighty fine thing just a setting around a fire every which way. Uh, listening to the tales of the men and watching the pictures in the fire. A man can get to thinking many things, like that such as, well, how far the moon is away, or if he'll ever get back to his home, or how many listeners have fallen asleep, or how he's got to get himself a couple of head of cattle and then uh, save up to buy the tails. And 
wrestling. Or uh, how high the Rockies are. Or uh, whether John Cleese has had in knees. Or uh, whether the sound effects man has forgotten the gunshots record. Duck! Thank you. He's a cheese brother, six feet in the stirrups. Shouldn't they have only two feet in the stirrups? <laughs> yeah, but there's three of them, and they've only got one horse. Ah. It was the Cleese brothers, led by the Cleese brother himself. He had so many notches on his gun belt, every time he moved, his trousers fell down. <laughs> Barman, give me a dark cow, <laughs> Give me my Barman. You... Give me a glass of milk. <laughs> right now. You low-down corn waggle drop here, highfalutin' no-good, switch-eyed, yellow-bellied, living as critters. Do you know what I am? You're not. No, I'm not. You're in your spotless, ding-dong, horn-sparkling, cow-punching, button-down, mealy-mouthed, knock-kneed, hedge-hopping, ball-legged, buckle-up-lily-livered, strap-eyed, me hunt predators Which way's the load? Away, please, brother. Okay, I'm not telling you, steer handlers, that I'm a looking for Marshal Dillon. You're looking for Marshal Dillon? Nope, that's what I'm not telling you. Oh. I'm actually looking for the long stranger. But, um, but, um, he's, um, he's. Uh... Yes or no, everyone's told me. Oh. Well, I guess I'll be moseying. After that, I'll go. That night, the lone stranger could not sleep. Knowing that the Cleese brother was after him. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> then. <laughs> In the still of the night, a man leapt through his window. He brought news that would set the innards of the bravest man a tremble. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> is that the long stream from that bed? You'll have to come and get me. No, not me. <laughs> the Cleese brothers is going to drill you with holes, string you to a tree, and fill you full of lead. And then they're going to kill you. <laughs> Why? If it ain't old snakeskin. It ain't old snakeskin. Oh, <laughs> Gabby, of course. We had some times together, didn't we, Gabby? Remember the time we were holed out in that burning shack with 50 Sioux Indians hollering and shooting after our scalp? <laughs> no. <laughs> And so all night the two men stayed talking in the bedroom. By the next morning, the lone stranger fully realized the danger. What will people think? <laughs> and he had the Cleese brother to worry about, for he knew there was something he had to fight. Cowardice. He reasoned with himself. Fight him? No. Go on, no. Who's a yellow little sissy then? I am. No, I'm not. Oh, yes, I am. Sissy, sissy, sissy. Shut up or I hit me. Who promises, promises. <laughs> At last, he made up his mind to go to the office of Martial Law. He stood outside looking at a poster. Wanted men. No previous experience necessary. <laughs> Marshal, I've got to warn you, there's going to be violence, I'm afraid. In fact, I'm terrified. I'll have to fight the Cleese brother. Well, he wears a card saying $15 on his hat. And you know what that means. There's a price on his head. Is that what he meant? <laughs> He didn't mean that. What? Well, for my own safety, lock me up. I can't. You haven't committed a crime. What about the price on his head joke? Fair enough. <laughs> Wait, what are you? A weak-kneed, yellow-bellied, self-gutted, fluffy-hearted coward? Yes, that's a fair description. <laughs> Get out. Fine, I 
like a man. Oh, I wouldn't know how. I say this man shouldn't be in Wolf City. He's right. We don't want a whole damn broken up by misery and hatred and killing. Has anyone got a rope? You mean... Yeah, let's all have a jolly good skit and then we'll forget all of it. What have you done? It's all right. I'm just putting the audience in their place. <laughs> That evening, there was an expectant air about the town. It was little Prince Buffalo. His father was dying. Across the street, Miss Rosie Galeforce was still singing in the crazy hearse. I thought it was the crazy horse. She died to death. <laughs> but suddenly a gun barked a warning. Woof. Look out! It's the keys, brother! All right, lone stranger! Four! Queen! You'll get the Easter town against the wind. Now get moving to the dip. Miss Rosie, before I die, there's just one thing I'd like to say. What's that? Who? <laughs> Mr. Tom, Mr. Tom. It's Limple on Cassidy. What is it, Limple? Competition Broadcasting House Stoke Pages. Anyone for tennis? <laughs> well, there you have it. At least I hope you have for another week. The noises you heard were those made by Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Bilotti, and guest Gene Hart. Oh, you guessed. Joe Kendall, unfortunately, was indisposed. Or indisposed. Yeah, forget that, too. <laughs> Scripts were by Timbrook Taylor, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Eric Idle, and Billotti. Versatile Billotti also wrote the songs, and Dave Lees with the magic fingers on the piano, arranged by Leon Cohen. This week, they did a cat's cradle. <laughs> the whole show was produced by H.J.B. H for Humphrey, J for John... And B for send your answers on a postcard. <laughs> so, folks, get switched off for another week until twice again you'll hear John Stig Baskerville, please, say... Oh, no! It's the Wonder Show! <laughs>